Hi, this is episode one of the NFTs podcast. I'm Anish. I'm Krish. And I'm Yuki. <clears throat> now, kind of before we get into the topic itself, let's quickly talk about what NFTs really is. We're kind of a collective working on making sure that teenagers have accessibility and information about NFTs and the world of Web3 as a whole. We started off a couple of years ago as an entrepreneurship organization, but we've since transitioned and are trying to focus our mission on Web3 as a whole. Today's topic is pretty interesting, especially if you're a teenager, because we're talking about the environmental concerns associated with NFTs. I'm sure you've seen the media buzz around the topic of NFTs and the idea of Web3 as a whole. You may have heard of Beeple selling an NFT for $63 million, or one of the numerous scams and schemes taking place in the community. But what is not discussed as often is how NFTs are hot, not in popularity, but in emission production. I think the easiest way to put emissions into perspective is to look at some calculations done by Kyle McDonald, which I believe can be considered the opening monologue on the topic of environmental concerns. Um, I think the three steps of an NFT project can have the following impacts. First, um, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Okay, so the first would, I think it would take about 100 kilograms of carbon dioxide to, make, to mine an NFT. Second, about 200 kilograms of um, carbon dioxide for a sale with a few people having placed bids. And third, um, 500 kilograms of carbon dioxide for a wider sold NFT. And I think what's startling is, you know, we hear about things like, oh, 100 kilograms of carbon dioxide or 500 kilograms. That doesn't mean much to us. But if you look at 500 kilograms of carbon dioxide, that's equivalent to a flight from like Asia to London. That's a lot of emissions. And especially considering that any of us could have a widely sold NFT, that could be really, really drastic and could be a huge problem when looking forward. We really need to take our time to think about what can we do in a way so we prevent people from actually going and making all these NFTs and not understanding the environmental concerns associated. But before that, let's backtrack a little. How did we even get here? The idea of cryptographically, uh, cryptographically secured blockchain-backed art has been exploding in the past two years. Yet, very few actually understand the underlying principles, which are actually the cause of the heightened emissions. Well, let's think about why. Well, simply put, most cryptocurrencies are backed by an algorithm called Proof of Work, or um, an acronym called PAL. It's essentially a consensus algorithm. Um, also, another another um, definition of it is it's a member of a network ha that has to solve a mathematical puzzle to make sure that no one is gaming the entire blockchain. And this is why cryptocurrencies are, secu are so secure, because they are backed by a, by nodes who are double, triple, double or triple checking the transactions to prevent any overtakes. Well, if we think about this really quickly, why would we even need to go through that drastic process? I think the story of NFTs, or basically Web3 or crypto, might help explain why we do this. In 2008, which many of us were too young to actually understand and witness, there was a global financial re uh, recession caused mainly because of the government's failure to actually take action and to make some sort of improvisation and some sort of fair system to prevent banks from overdrafting or from being too invested into securities, which they could basically not pay for. And those actions were never taken. So when the very governmental system that we all are expected to trust ends up failing and bailing out the same people who scammed us, 
you could maybe understand the perspective of why people would be so, so concerned about getting away from the global monetary system, specifically the centralized system, and moving towards a more decentralized system. When we're solving these mathematical algorithms, we're essentially just checking if the transactions that are taking place, if the ideas that we're going through, if they're actually lined up, and if no other system is taking and kind of moving away from them, which means that the cryptographically secured network, which also takes a bunch of electricity, is useful because it's also the very basis of the idea of cryptocurrency. Now, Kyle McDonald looks at Ethereum, and I think he does a really good job of explaining the math here. Simply putting that a single Ethereum transition has a footprint of about 35 kilowatts an hour, and that's the average. It can range much higher or lower. That 35 kilowatts an hour is the same as electrical consumption for four days by one single person. And it's the same as a single transaction when averaged on the platform, super rare. And this could have 82 kilowatts an hour of production, equaling emissions of 48 kilograms of carbon dioxide. So why is PAL or uh, proof of work bad? Well, I think the mathematical puzzles we talk about are not what you should see in a kindergarten workbook or as a CAPTCHA test that you see on a computer. <clears throat> These are incredibly complicated secure, secured puzzles which would need to be deciphered by computers, often hundreds of CPUs being struck together to improve solving speeds. As you can imagine, powering those computers and systems takes up huge amounts of electricity. And to make matters worse, POW at scale keeps increasing because more miners need to join the network. If, a crypto, if crypto went from 100 to 1,000 users, it also need to take 10 times the miners and likely 10 times electricity, preventing the scalable use. Building on what I said earlier about McDonald, he goes a lot more in depth uh, past this and past the statistics. The statistics I said before, as uh, I'd, I'd recommend personally that looking into what he has to say is really good because the central point that he makes and that I support is that emissions are overall horrible as they're being powered by non-renewable energy, which means that as time goes on, uh, it'll be harder to uh, use these energy sources uh, more sustainably. And we need solutions to this problem. And the hope for this episode, uh, which Anish will describe, is that... Is how exactly we come up with some of the best ones. And I think the most obvious solution is when we're talking about proof of work, how can we make a system in which not every single person needs to go and cryptographically validate every single transaction? Well, we optimize for efficiency. And the best way to do that is a system called proof of stake. And I think this is a really genius concept. And if you can bear with me for a second, I can try to explain it in a way which is easily palatable. So proof of work essentially says that we need every single person to have an equitable right in order to go and validate the transactions. But proof of stake instead says that it's a consensus mechanism in which we're basically selecting the work by validators in proportion to the quantity of holdings in the associated cryptocurrency. That means that, for example, if we had NFT's cryptocurrency, if I'm a bigger stakeholder and I stake my coins, that gives me a bigger right to go and mine and go and mine and digitize and cryptographically secure the very same cryptocurrency. Why does that happen? Well, there's a couple of reasons. The first one is obviously efficiency. The people who have acquired the most coins probably have the best chance to solve fast the same exact cryptographically like, secure mathematical puzzles. 
That means that the people who are going through the process are the fastest ones. So we're optimizing for efficiency. But second, we can also make sure that people have an incentive to hold more of our coins, which also drives up the price of the actual cryptocurrency. So we've seen many, many different cryptocurrencies you move to POS. For example, we've seen Ethereum 2.0, Polygon, and a bunch of other networks also make this transition. And I think that's very important because without proof of stake, we're going to see a world in which the simple process of making our money is going to become environmentally invalid and environmentally destructive. That's all for today. And I'd like to say thank you to all the viewers and I appreciate you and tune in for the next episode. Thank you.